Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. Today, our topic is gyms or garages, how fitness has been defined by location. Our guest today, which we're really excited to have, is Dave Finley. He is a longtime CrossFit gym owner based in Michigan. Happy to be here. Welcome, Dave. How are you doing? Welcome, Dave. How are you doing, guys? I'm, I'm glad to be here. Happy to have you. Uh, you guys have me on. So tell us a little about yourself, Dave. What's going on? What are you up to? Uh, well, as far as the CrossFit um, gym owner, I've, I've been in the CrossFit profession, I guess, uh, since about 2007. But even before that, I, I was, uh, I was always a, um, I was a phys ed teacher actually for a little while. But uh, then I started uh, getting into the fitness industry a little bit more. And uh, I was very early with uh, CrossFit out in Michigan. I thought it was the first gym in Michigan, but it turned out I was the second. The was a guy named Doug Chapman that had uh, uh, a gym called HyperFit that was before me. Um, so I got started in the CrossFit space uh, about 2007 and uh, I've owned gyms ever since. We've kind of gone through uh, about four or five different iterations of, of different gyms out there. So I love CrossFit, right? I'm a huge fan. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I got into CrossFit at one of your gyms in Michigan, uh, but I've always been fascinated with, obviously, the people that do CrossFit are unique. You know, we're kind of our own special group of people, class of people. Um, but CrossFit has been synonymous with this garage concept. It's almost as if you can't have a CrossFit gym if it's not in a garage of some, of some sort. Where did that start? Like, how did that become a thing? Well, Greg Glassman started CrossFit uh, actually back in 1974, way back when. But uh, it really didn't, you know, have a whole lot of popularity until you know later on into you know 2000s, anyways. Um, and the idea was that you don't need a boatload of equipment. What you need is an expert coach. And as a result, you could you, you didn't need to spend a lot of money on a location that was going to be ideal or a building that was going to cost you a lot of money. All you needed to do was find a place, a barbell and a great coach and people will come to you. So that was the idea that, um, you know, you could start your business on your own, just do it right. So, okay. So now a barbell, a coach and a badass, a badass attitude. <laughs> I'm, I'm in my apartment. I got a place. I got a barbell. Yeah. And trust me, there are people running gyms out of their condos right now, especially right now. Yeah, but is that? But I feel like that's not crossing, right? I mean, you know, because you know, the entire internet is filled with hard bodies in booty shorts lifting. That's actually that's my just my Instagram feed. Just but hard bodies in <laughs> uh, in booty shorts lifting weights uh, with tattoos. Uh, and, you know, and, and, get, and hitting it and getting, getting into the workouts and, but and it's these massive spaces. So I don't, I don't see, I see a huge difference between a CrossFit gym, a CrossFit athlete and someone that does Barry's boot camp or someone that's um, that's a, a weekender at LA fitness. And, you know, when I look at 
spaces, I see, I drive by on the highway or whatever, and I see these massive um, buildings that have crunch or LA fitness splatter on the side. And yet I drive, take a left turn, and then I drive down a, a random street in the middle of a residential neighborhood, and I see this small little gym that's packed with CrossFitters climbing stuff, pulling tires over their heads. So I feel like there is something to be said for the space in which this sport is being done that, you know, that makes it interesting. Well, I think if you're going to, if you're going to pull tires across uh, the floor, I think a garage is an ideal location. That makes sense. To right. Me. Yeah. You're going to get dirty. You're going to get messy in a, like CrossFit has always been sort of defined by doing the hard work and, uh, but doing the hard work well. And that's the whole, that was sort of the idea with the coach. But um, if you go to a lifetime fitness, your membership fee is not so that you can have a great coach. Your membership fee is because you're paying for this in, insanely, you know, uh, well-built out facility with all kinds of, you know, millions of dollars worth of equipment and space and pools and locker rooms and all the rest. And uh, that's, you know, the CrossFit gym owner is basically saying, hey, listen, I am the reason why you're coming. And the community is the reason why you're coming. And so I don't need to have the biggest and best building. What I need to have is the, the, a great coach and a great community and great workouts. And uh, people will find you uh, no matter where you are. I've been to a lot of really shitty CrossFit facilities that were fantastic CrossFit gyms. So how did you get started? So you've got a beautiful location uh, in downtown Detroit. How did you find that? Like, what was the thinking behind Detroit? What was the thinking behind the space? Like, how did you go about thinking that, hey, I want to open up a CrossFit gym in the center of the city? And like, what was the process that you went through to think about that? It, it, it was sort of the evolution of, I mean, my very first gym back in 07 was, uh, it was an old motorcycle shop. And uh, it was a little 3,200 square foot space that is defined exactly the way you just did. Some neighborhood space had a garage door, a little bit of a parking lot so that we could flip tires and, and bang on things with sledgehammers. And, uh, but as we started to grow and get a little bit better at what we were doing and, and uh, CrossFit got a little bit more popular, um, Instead of me running around trying to convince people, hey, you should try CrossFit. Instead, it was, hey, there's a CrossFit gym on every corner now almost. Now you have to come to my CrossFit gym instead of the other guy's CrossFit gym. So um, we started to, you know, have bigger facilities, more equipment, that kind of thing. And, uh, but still kind of defined by a great coach. So um, if we, you know, downtown Detroit, I just happened to walk into this giant empty space, which is all CrossFit gym owners are looking for. Just give me empty space, tall ceilings, empty space. And I said, man, if I could cut a couple of garage doors into these windows, you know, then I could turn this into an awesome CrossFit space, except it was insanely expensive. But I just caught Detroit at the right time. Uh, the building needed to be completely built out. It was gravel floor when I walked into that space. So it was, it's a beautiful spot, but when I walked in there, it was nothing but concrete walls and a gravel floor. And I had to build the place out. Um, now that it's there, we've got a great spot. Uh, normally would be a fantastic location, except right now with COVID going on, nobody is downtown working anymore. All the offices are empty. So that was a big piece of our membership. So we're going to have to wait for the offices to come back to rebuild the membership. Well, it's interesting you say that. Sorry, Alex. It's interesting you say that because... 
the adage always used to be, at least in what I used to hear, was the key to working out and working out consistently was how close the gym was to you. And you wanted the gym close enough that you would go. The farther away it was, the less likely you'd go, especially if it was inclement weather. It seems like CrossFit has changed that and turned the gym into the destination itself. Do you agree oh, with yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. So I, we, one of the metrics that I used to use to say, hey, how great a gym are we? You know, we of course, everybody thinks they've got the best gym, but how do you, how do you know for sure? And I used to use one of the metrics was how many gyms do my members have to drive past in order to get to mine? And that was always, you know, this guy's coming from, you know, 40 minutes away to come to my gym. And inside of that 40 minutes, he passes three Globo gyms and two, you know, smaller F45s or Orange Theories and two other CrossFit gyms just to get to mine. We got to be doing something right. And uh, and the community drives that every bit as much as the, the owner. The ownership builds the community. And then after that, the community is what draws the next guy. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's, that was always one of my favorite metrics as far as location is concerned. Did you say Globo Gym, like from Dodgeball? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Globo Gym is, uh, that's the way we define uh, your lifetime fitnesses, your planet fitnesses, that kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and what a classic film. <laughs> I am bisexual or something like that. <laughs> you know, I love, I love how you, uh, how a, a, a gym owner, a CrossFit, mindset is you can look at a an awesome space and think about how to turn it into a garage <laughs> exactly oh yeah so i have I, if you look at my space it should be um like a high-end retail it should be a bunch of uh you know tuxedos or or jewelry stores or some shit like that instead it's got a bunch of you know turf and rubber and steel and shit all over the place you know? and do, do 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 building owners like that so so you know clearly if you own a piece of property you kind of want a tenant like a bank uh or like a, a cvs or something um you know or some kind of tenant that basically adds value to your neighborhood or to your building for whatever reason and so do you yeah. do, do, do do building owners like the fact that they've got a CrossFit gym uh, <laughs> in their retail location? Yeah. It, where, where I'm at, I, so my landlord technically is the city of Detroit. They own the building that we're in and uh, they built the parking garage. And uh, so, you know, I'm the whole first floor of the parking garage. And uh, the city has been pretty helpful with us, especially even going through this COVID thing, basically uh, because they want, more of these kinds of services available to the residents that live downtown. Um, it, what is funny is because of course, you know, we, you know, the idea of having the garage door, you're going to find one in every CrossFit gym everywhere in the world. Right. The, and it's easy, quick access to the outdoors uh, so that you can run and these kinds of things. Well, you've, I didn't know you, you started at my gym. I thought you were, you were a pretty good athlete when you came, but I thought you were, uh, so I thought you'd been done, doing some CrossFit before, but uh we run around the block all the time, right? We're right in the heart of downtown Detroit, running with 25 people around the block. And some of them love it. And some of them hate it. <laughs> you know, some of the businesses around it, uh, you know, but uh, uh, like prime and proper, that's the most expensive restaurant in downtown Detroit. 
well, you get 25 people running right past their patio. They're like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Actually, there's, there's a, because I think you're, the, there's a hotel. I think the Marriott is right there. And you run around the block. And and I think a couple. That's, yeah, it's the West in the book Cadillac. Oh, it is a Marriott now. Yeah, yeah and, and so and so I think I've yeah been caught a few times running with my shirt off and like people, women are holding their purses and something. Even though I'm gonna, oh, I, mean, yeah. it's got, I mean, it's kind of crazy, but you know, I get, I get it, right? So, you know, we, people, CrossFit, you're out in the community, whether you like it or not, shirts off, w- sweaty, whatever, you're getting the work in. And I, and I love the fact that what you're saying is that the, it, it does provide some energy or some life to a community um, that shows vitality. It shows all these great things um, uh, that, yeah, that, that cities want to, to, to have, to attract residents, to attract uh, businesses. So it's a, it's a very visible sign of health when you see oh, people yeah. who are fit. Well, we are defined, again, a CrossFit gym is always gonna be defined by you know, the sweat, hard work, no shirts, uh, women wearing as little clothing as possible. just kind of a standard that you're going to find. Everybody wants to take, you know, as much clothing off as they can and still be able to come to the gym. Right. That's uh, Not a bad that, thing. that is sort of a cross. That defines crossfit as well. But the, um, you were in New York. Uh, did you ever go to like uh, CrossFit black box? That's right downtown New York. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch I went to. Yeah, so they're insanely expensive. Most of the CrossFit gyms are in the basement uh, because of, you know, the the insane rents for most places. I think Black Box was on a couple of floors, and when they had to run, part of the run was down the staircase, out the building, run around the block and come back up through some stairs. Yeah, they uh, they run a a super successful gym down there. I mean, they they bring up. That's an expensive place, but... I have no idea what the rent is, but so uh, yeah. so when you're talking about okay, let's let's just now fast forward right now. Um, CrossFit's been around for a number of years. Uh, the world basically has shut down during this this pandemic, uh, and as we fantastic news, vaccines out, we're at the tail end of this cycle. Uh, we're going to probably see people getting back out and doing more things, uh, and hopefully going back to gyms, but we also have seen a lot of movement towards the home gym, right? So people being yeah. able to work out, have equipment, technology, or whatever in their homes to get, get the work in. Oh, Peloton and the mirror and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So are we, do we, do we see that as a threat um, to, to the gym? Community? Well, uh, as more and more people start to separate from each other, which I think is bad. I, I think that the government did a real disservice, especially to gyms. Um, when they said that the, uh, the gym was a more dangerous place to be than a restaurant or any other place. Right. Um, and, and they sort of lumped all gyms together. And I can understand if you're a, if you're at a spin class and you're trying to put 30 people inside of uh, you know, a, a 600 square foot space, and everybody's doing cardio the whole time. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're more likely, if somebody's got COVID in there, you're probably all leaving with it. Um, a gym like mine, we've got 12,000 square feet. A busy class might be 25 people. Uh, we got all kinds of space to move around in there. But um, so that by, by lumping all the gyms together at the same time, I think it, uh, it did a, a, a big disservice to, to, and we're gonna have a long road kind of convincing people that the gym is not a dangerous place to be. Um, so things like Peloton and, uh, yeah, mirror and these, these different things, uh, 
there's going to be a place for those people. The, the people that are going to take that stuff on are the people that you see wearing a mask while they're driving in a car by themselves, right? And uh, you're not going to be able to convince those people that the world is back to normal for years to come, right? You know, because the logic has gone out the window. Um, but I do think that as we have separated from each other so much that people are going to really start to seek out community again. And uh, I think that there's going to be a great space for a fitness and keeping yourself healthy. Um, healthy people are not having a problem with COVID. Uh, it's it's the unfit people, the unhealthy people, the you know the, 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 the pathologic people that are having more of this problem. So I think it's going to be uh, in the future. It'll be great once we get over the hump. Though it's going to take a little while for sure. Just start offering vaccinations uh, yeah. right in the gym. Uh, the, the gym is the vaccination. That's what <laughs> I, I'm going to. That's a T-shirt, man. I heard of you. Is that what? The- yeah, I'm no. It, it's it, basically uh, you get COVID, and you're if you're Alex, you're longtime athlete in good shape. Uh, if you get COVID tomorrow, I guarantee you're not going to have a problem, man. You're going to be sick for two days, and you're going to be back at it in no time. And uh, that, but it's your defense is the fact is your fitness. And uh, now I don't want people to catch this thing. I've got you know old parents that that aren't in great health, and I don't. I'm not going to. You know, I don't want them to be exposed by somebody that's, you know, uh, and not showing any signs or symptoms. But at the same time, you know, your best defense is going to be staying fit, staying healthy. So, right. So I guess, and I 100% agree with you. And I think that's uh, an awesome um, uh, PSA for most of us, right? I think we all should definitely stay fit. So how much of it is is actually the work you do physically um, versus like the food that you eat, right? And so I, you know, and the nutrition basically. And when I go out, there's been an explosion of healthy food trends. Uh, there's, there used to be a healthy food restaurant in every corner. Um, and so people are just, uh, are mindful perhaps of the, the food that they're putting in their bodies. You know, I don't know. I mean, what, how much of fitness is, is physical and how much of it is, um, or the work that you, you do, the weight that you lift, the endurance that you have versus the nutrition, the things you put in your body. Well, uh, I, I mean, I could dive incredibly deep in all this stuff, but I, again, the, the more that you know about it, the more you want to keep it simple. And uh, as much as I, you know, love lifting heavy things and uh, moving barbells around, the reality is that nutrition is still going to be the number one thing that you could change about yourself in order to make yourself more fit. Um, but, uh, you know, for the last 50,000 years, we did not, we, we ate when we could, and we ate, you know, everything we could get our hands on when we found it. And it's only been the last 50 years that we've had, you know, refrigerators and freezers and processed foods and everything's in a box or a bag. Um, it's, it allows us to eat all day, every day. So um, this is why there's a big movement towards intermittent fasting, where it's just, you got to give your body some time off of always having to digest food, right? So uh, one of the best things that you can do to improve your diet is just eat nothing for you know multiple hours a day right instead of snacking all the time and always having something nearby i don't understand that by the way i just don't understand that the idea that you can be healthier by eating less plus my religion doesn't allow me to do that my religion says i have to eat constantly well you know what's funny is when people say it's impossible i could never fast i can never fast and you know, you're like, wait a second, everybody, you know, every religion's been fasting for thousands of years, right? You know, it's one thing that they do very well. And they all seem to agree on. 
I mean, I see, I've seen you. You could use to skip a meal or two. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Being no, the other hand, if I, could, I definitely could eat a few more, uh, you know, a few more LBs. Because, um, yeah, I, you know, but, but like I think the average person, right? I guess the average American is overweight, blah, blah, blah. I think we've heard all that stuff. And I think to your point, I agree. Every half of America pretty much is on some sort of a diet. But food isn't really the only thing, is it? No, well, no, it, it's obviously eating real food instead of processed food. And, uh, and is what, you know, we are uh, an entire nation addicted to sugar, right? And um, there's a, so what we, we try to do, all the, there's, there's this horrible economic reality, right? That you've got, you've got huge food companies that are trying to sell as much of their product as possible. And then you've got a medical industry that is saying, hey, great, the more sick people that you provide us from having eaten all this sugar, we get to make a whole bunch of money because now they're sick and they need our insulin. Right? So it's a mass and, conspiracy. Uh, it's a Pillsbury should buy a hospital. Pillsbury should buy a hospital and vertically integrate. <laughs> Trust me, man. That's a good idea, Jamie. Yeah. yeah. Whether, whether you, I don't think anybody agrees with, you know, or, or knows or not, Coca-Cola is definitely in the medical industry, you know, <laughs> so they're, they're definitely working together. So, so let me ask uh, you. But, quick, yeah, let me ask you a quick question. So, so on that note, right? So, just quickly back to to CrossFit. Your typical, you know, you got people that are looking to stay fit. You got people for various different reasons, uh, but then you got a CrossFit athlete, right? Um, I don't. I, I can't imagine that anyone that is jumping into CrossFit and putting themselves through all the craziness that CrossFit, you know, we, you know, the jumping and the lifting and the climbing and all that stuff, they're not doing it just to stay fit, right? I mean, it's got to be something else. They got to be a little bit nuts. Well, so here's what CrossFit uh, has, has the CrossFit Games has sort of done is everybody wants to show the extremes. Um, so what CrossFit has proven very well is that as a fitness program it produces the best athletes in the world does it necessarily produce the best football player well no or the best soccer player no but as a general broad general and inclusive fitness program the crossfit games anybody who wants to join and compete with these guys is more than welcome to come and join doesn't matter what gym you go to if you can make it you can make it that's why they call it the open uh, and nobody ever, nobody could compete. You're not going to come out of Orange Theory and win the CrossFit Games. It's just not going to happen. Um, but so as a as a fitness program, it's great. But my mom should be doing more CrossFit. My mom, you know, walking up and downstairs is an important thing, and that CrossFit teaches you to do that better than anything else as well, right? So you look at the extreme athlete and you say, hey, that's what CrossFit. That's what defines CrossFit, and it really doesn't. It's people that I teach to do their very first squat. People that, you know, I would rather see somebody get their first pull-up than their 31st pull-up. And you're going to find that that's the truth with almost every CrossFit coach that's worth his salt is that helping somebody get fit from unfit matters a lot more to them than somebody who is an exceptional athlete becoming a world-class athlete, right? But it's just, that's what gets all the press. You sound like you're describing me that one pull up because I yes. walk by the CrossFits and it looks like superheroes in there. I, there's no way I yeah. can do that. Maybe maybe I should take your 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 advice and go from processed foods to more natural foods. So oh, yeah. that's like cutting out the barbecue potato chip and eating the normal potato chip. That's what yeah, that's yeah, referring yeah. to. 
<laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, we were laughing before. I, you know, anytime somebody asks me about nutrition, I say eat an omelet, right? And and that's that's as simple as it gets. Go ahead, eat eat an omelet, you'll be fine. Um, eat an omelet and eat less of them, right? But uh, nutrition can get really complicated, and it doesn't need to be. Uh, you know, reduce the 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 your feeding window, they would call it, right? So that that's the whole idea behind intermittent fasting. It's just you know, have lunch, have dinner, don't snack again until don't eat anything else until lunch the next day. You do that, you're going to solve a lot of problems. Um, and other than that, I just I tell people don't drink your calories because you know if you can just stick to coffee and tea and water and that kind of thing, uh, you start drinking orange juices and Coca Colas and Pepsi's and that kind of stuff. Man, it's a lot of sugar really fast, and it's really tough to stay healthy if that's what you're going to put in your body. So do you think because of the, I mean, obviously not everyone in the world is doing CrossFit, but a lot of people it feels like are doing a little bit more. They're doing something. Do you think that collectively we are getting more fit as a, as a nation or as a, as a, as a broader community of people? I mean, you, you look at the fitness industry, uh, the number of gyms that are going to go out of business as a result of, of COVID-19 is crazy. And um, the other thing is, you know, the, the joke has been, hey, I gained the COVID-19. So you would have thought with all this time off that all these people had and nobody, you know, people weren't working, that what they could do is spend some time working on themselves and working on their fitness and working on, you know, but that actually is not what happened. Um, people do much better when they are on a routine and on a schedule. You know, uh, I find the most consistent people that ever come to my gym are the people that show up right before work, you know. They come, they work out, they take a shower, they go to work. Those are the people you know are going to be there, you know, five days a week. Um, so the the idea that uh, it, you know, more people are working out, I mean, the amount of more people are depressed right now. And what the, the, the best way to, to ease depression quickly is that quick hit of dopamine that you get from eating a donut, you know. Grab something that's yeah. Eat some eat some horrible shit. I, and, I wasn't thinking it's gonna go there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's that's you know that's that's essentially it. So you're, you, working out is is uh, it's it's fun, but um, you know people should not be afraid of hard work. They should not be afraid of of you know you know temporary pain for long term you know uh, benefit. Uh, and that's what we try to you know, yeah. We try to motivate people that way all the time, but uh, it does take. Uh, I'll tell you what, man, fighting donuts is not easy to do. Yeah. Listen, no, everybody loves a chocolate donut. You know, <laughs> a lot of what you say, Dave, makes a lot of sense. Matter of fact, I've dropped close to 15 pounds during this uh, sequestration, uh, yeah. mostly because I started cooking my own food, which then you know what's in it. You know mm -hmm. how to keep it healthy. You're not lathering it in excess butter and salt and sugar. And at the beginning, I thought I had something wrong with, with my body. I was concerned I was losing so much weight. You know, it took a little while and then it just started peeling off. And then it settled down at a rate that's probably my normal weight when I'm not out eating and drinking all the time. I yeah. miss all the eating and drinking. Um, I never was so depressed as when I look good. But uh, <laughs> your point's well taken. Yeah. I mean, uh, when you start cooking for yourself, hey, you find that um, when you have to actually look at the ingredients that are going into the food, you know, I think everybody's going to make better decisions. That's what the fast food is, is so inexpensive and it's so engineered to be addictive that 
you know, especially kids, they just don't stand a chance, right? Against, uh, you know, all of the food engineers that, you know, uh, fast food is, is employing to get what we, what's called the bliss point. There's an actual term for this, the bliss point where it's not too sweet, but it's just sweet enough that you're addicted to it. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it messes with our brain. It messes with our reward systems of our brain. And it, it, it's been proven to be more addictive than hard drugs. And sugar, we are all addicted to sugar, but nobody wants to, nobody discusses it as an addiction. Well, because, you know, it's funny, though, people are so addicted to hard work, too, right? So the gym is addicting for a lot of people. Of course, the benefits and the payoffs that you get from working out and looking great are also addictive in a lot of ways because you just want to just look good. But, you know, when you're going back to this concept of, of you know, home gyms or, you know, the, the working out and, and the, the behaviors and all that stuff, you know, when I see a lot of, I see a lot of people who have built out home gyms, if they have a garage associated with attached to their house, they've built out a gym in their garages. Yeah, and so I see a lot of people taking the initiative and trying to do what it takes to be, to be healthy. I also think that there are a lot of spaces, unused potential spaces in communities. Uh, that perhaps can be turned into gyms. And I wonder, uh, sh- okay, clearly after COVID, you know, when COVID is over, we realize, okay, when the dust settles, unfortunately there's gonna be some gyms that are closing, but there's also gonna be a lot of spaces available for people to do stuff, stuff with. Do we think, would you say that people can start looking more creatively at industrial commercial spaces and consider opening some form of a gym or some sort of fitness that can revitalize the community? Well, yeah, I think there's, a, there's all kinds of opportunities. Any gym is going to be a, a, a welcome addition to a neighborhood. Uh, as long as it, you know, you got a good community, you got a good coach, you got a good program. And I don't care if it's CrossFit or not. Uh, CrossFit as a program is is fantastic. Fitness in general is what most people need. Fitness and and community. Um, I think that uh, this year has pushed us so far apart that people are going to start seeking. You know, hey, how do we get back together again? You know, when can we? The people that are afraid are going to are going to remain afraid, and I understand that. Uh, and if you've got some sort of you know uh, predisposition to to getting sick or you know. Uh, hey, I, I totally understand if you need to protect yourself and family, but I'm, I don't know. I know I am lonely, man. <laughs> you know, I want to have more people around. You need a friend, and, basically. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? It's it, it's a it's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a challenge to get, you know, 20 guys together to go play a soccer game. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, going to the gym is one of those places where you can sort of and that's what CrossFit does. Is it turns fitness into a game, into a sport. Where you know you could go uh, and and just I I'm on the beach here I'm at uh, in in Miami and I'm watching all these people that are out here playing volleyball together. Uh, obviously nobody's wearing a mask out here doing that stuff, but you know they're separated enough, they're far enough apart, uh, but they're having a riot out here playing. And this is the real draw. I mean that's 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 a CrossFit gym with a net and a ball. That's all that is, right? So. The, uh, the population is getting older. I'm getting older. And the aches and pains creep in, like the hips and the shoulders and the back. And I don't want to go into my whole medical history here. But as the population gets older, uh, we've shifted from the past of tennis and swimming and soccer and baseball and golf to doing very intense workouts like CrossFit. Is that going to be tough as the population ages to be able to continue to do that kind of workout to your body? 
Well, it, so there's this idea of a, a high intensity interval training, hit training, and which is essentially what CrossFit does. Um, lift heavy things and do conditioning that is going to be, you know, uh, kind of intermittent that way. Well, the higher the intensity, the more effective a training program is going to be. It's, it's just, just a fact. Um, but it's always relative intensity. Uh, you know, you're saying, hey, you're working on your first pull-up. So if I hand you a workup that says, hey, I need you to go and do uh, 30 pull-ups, you're going to say, cool, I can't do it, right? So we've got to give you a workout that is, you know, going to be relatively intense for your fitness level. And that's, again, that's why you need a good coach to do it. You know, uh, following the world's best athletes training program for somebody that is just getting started is not going to make the world's best athlete. It's going to make you a wreck trying to keep up with it. Right. So you just got to you got to be intelligent about the way you do it. You got to be intelligent about. Uh, and that's again, this is why I always say seek out a good coach, you know, find a good professional coach that knows what he's doing and is going to be able to help you out because they shouldn't overdo the workload. Um, you know, it, it's it is really that simple and it doesn't take there's going to be a time when you are going to love the effort that you put into your workout. Right. Right now, it starts off being scary and it starts off being painful and, and uncomfortable. But I'm telling you, more people are sore and stiff because they don't do anything rather than they do too much. So that's a really good point. Right. And I think that, um, you know, gyms and you guys both made two, a few great points about the proximity of the gym to your work, to your home and all that good stuff. I know that people who are build thinking about building buildings, developing uh, high-rise apartment buildings and amenitizing those buildings are thinking about what type of gym do they need to add in their building to satisfy, you know, residents. In some cases, there used to be a thought relating to your commercial office space. Do we want to have a gym in the office building so that people can work and also work out, um, you know, uh, in the same, you know, the same, the same day? Do you, but these gyms, for the most part, are very generic, right? So they're basic, the basics of basics. And I think that that just appeals to the average, you know, the median of people that want to work out and so forth. Do you think that there perhaps is a call to action for developers to think about being more mindful of creating a larger space or bigger opportunities for people to work out um, in these sort of home, in these gyms that are and that are amenities and buildings, do you think that's going to grow or do you think they should be shrinking? Like, what do you think if I want to build an amenity, a fitness amenity in my building, what do you think I should be thinking about? And who do you think that I would be attracting uh, as a result? So I, I, it's interesting that you ask this because as we're starting to shift our business model a little bit being downtown, uh, you know, in times like these, we can do that. Uh, what, what I'm doing now is I'm going directly to apartment buildings and the management of those apartment buildings, even the guys that own some of these apartment buildings. And I'm saying, Hey, listen, uh, you don't need a gym because you've got a local gym nearby. Why don't we make a deal where you, instead of, instead of the amount of money that you could be renting this space out for, turn it into a unit. And if you're going to get $2,000 a month uh, for the space, so give me $2,000 a month and I'll give your, everybody that lives in your apartment, a free membership to my gym. You know, and I'm doing that now with companies. I'm, I've said, hey, do you really want to spend the kind of money that it would require to put a gym in your space and liability and you got to staff it and all the rest? I said, look at that expense and instead send them to me because I'm right across the street. Now, I do that 
you know, I, I basically market to a 400 meter radius around my gym. Uh, I know other gyms will go further, but it, for me, it's just a parking issue, right? You know, parking downtown is a bit of a hassle. So we try to market everybody that can walk into the gym. But my new business model is the opposite. I'm saying, don't put a gym in your facility, send them to mine instead. And that's good. And, uh, and we're starting to get some traction that way. So yes, there needs to be a gym in the, in, you know, in every neighborhood, but does there really need to be, you know, 20 gyms in a neighborhood? Right. And you know where I'm at, similar to you know like any downtown. If every one of these buildings decides, hey, we're going to put a gym in here, no, rent that space out. You know, give, send well, it, also depends, cash. it also depends on where you are. Right. I mean, I think there's this, I mean, it's a big difference between Michigan and Miami. <laughs> So, which the well, more the more gyms in Miami, the better. Everyone seems to yeah. want to be fit. Yeah, it's one of those things where if you're not working out, something's wrong with you in Miami versus anywhere else. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it's like every building wants to say they have the the extra amenities. Yes, we have a gym, um, but you know, depending on how much space that you're going to allocate to that that gym. And, it's not, and what are the resources? How much time, how much space, how much money, and how much staff are you going to put in there to, to, to look after all this stuff? Um, when I say, hey, you know, take a look at the, the entire cost of, of the space that you've got here. And if you, you know, why not do this? Instead of having the liability of this thing and having to take care of it, you know, pay a professional to do this shit for you, right? And I'm, and I'm right next door. So now for me, as long as the building is within, you know, a couple hundred yard radius of my building that's what we're doing to market ourselves um now granted miami's got some much larger apartment buildings and condo buildings than you would find in detroit now, these are monster these are some of the biggest buildings i've ever seen are down here right the, the residency but uh i don't i think that um there's a lot of money that goes into them a lot more money than people think sometimes um so uh sometimes it's better to just hire a professional to do what he's best at rather than you know hey if you're a property guy you know are you really should you really be in the gym business <laughs> you, know? Uh, you know dave this has been so interesting the uh, the relationship between the space and the activity uh is really interesting it reminds me uh years ago in the meatpacking district in new york city there was a new french restaurant that was built in a garage and in the summer They'd open the garage door and you were sitting out, you were basically sitting outdoors without having to have a that table was outside. Pastis, I thought that right? was so interesting. Uh, not pastis, it was another place. I forget the name of it around the corner. Um, but in any case, I thought it was so interesting that you could just walk in and out right through the garage door, not even have to go through the hostess and the little corridor and all that. I think what would be ideal is if you could put your gym right next to that restaurant. So you could go right from the workout, <laughs> just go from out yeah. one garage door in the next garage door and put back all those calories you just burnt. With yeah. the well, Alex, you're, you're an expert in all things uh, apartment buildings. Uh, I, my question for you would be, what do you think would be a, a better amenity for your building? Let's say you own an apartment building. Um, would it be, hey, we have this uh, you know, 2,000 square foot space that we use. We've, we've equipped it with some treadmills and some uh, machine weights and all the stuff that you, the lowest common denominator stuff because you don't want to have to staff it with anybody that's a, a pro. Uh, and yeah, we've got you know, a towel person and uh, somebody that can help you. Is that a better amenity than saying, hey, every single person in our building has a membership to the professionally run gym next door? What do you think would be a better amenity to have? Well, as a resident, 
I would say I would like to have both, right? I'd like to have the discount to the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want it. I, I, I want it all. I want it all. <laughs> I want it all. Yeah. That, that's, so bad question. <laughs> we yeah. found the question. Okay. So yeah. So, but I would. I agree with you. I think that there's there's a lot of benefit and a lot of value and a lot of savings as. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to just basically send people to a professional that can probably get the most value out of it. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, uh, I would say, though, are on the fence in terms of whether or not they are willing to uh, put themselves out there. They may be insecure about their bodies. They may be old and they may have issues, whatever. So they want to they want to you know, work out the privacy of their own home, but they don't want the intensity and the stress of having to uh, see a barbell and think that, man, I got to lift that thing. And then having the peer pressure surrounding that, that causes um, an anxiety for a lot of people. So I think if you could go into, um, uh, into a small little room in the basement of your building, um, do a couple of jump jacks, walk a uh, half a mile on a treadmill and feel great about yourself for doing that, you know, I think there's some value in it, but I, I agree. I think that there's a lot of really good things about leaving it to the professionals uh, to help you with your fitness and potentially uh, add a couple more years onto your life. So one of the things that we're mulling around right now is, uh, and I think we are going to, we're going to go ahead with it is um, so we've, we've got a boot camp and we've got CrossFit classes. So you've got these two different levels, I guess, uh, even though, you know, the you could be the, uh, a great athlete and choose boot camp, and you could be a brand new athlete and choose CrossFit. Um, but the other thing that we're doing now is, yeah, we've got a class schedule, but um, this is, again, how the, the, the pandemic has forced us to shift what we're doing. We are now saying, hey, open gym all the time, right? So we've got open gym all the time now. And what we're doing is uh, letting people come in and do their own thing. And we've equipped the gym with treadmills and rowing machines and ski ergs and all these things that people could come in on their own and do whenever they want. So we're trying to offer all things to all people. And uh, that way we can market a little bit better to some of the businesses and some of the apartment buildings nearby. Those are great insights. Look, Dave, you've been um, a, a joy to have on the show. I think the insights that you've shared with us I think will be extremely valuable to our listeners. I actually, I learned a ton. Uh, I don't know about you, Jamie, but I think that this has been um, quite exceptional and super fun chatting with you and learning about CrossFit and fitness and everything else in between. Um, so I want to thank you for your time today, Dave, and um, to join us on an episode from gyms or garages. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks for highlighting that all the food in my refrigerator is lousy and I have to throw it out. I got a lot of. You can keep those donuts, Jamie. Keep those donuts. Go make yourself an omelet. They're gone. What donuts? Okay. A donut omelet. Bingo. A donut omelet. Fantastic. Cool. I appreciate you having me on, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.